Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. By the way, last week, I don't know if you knew, I forgot to say .com. <laughs> and so I'm sure like all these people sent these emails to ask at Legally Sound Smart Business and didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so I apologize. Well, that's the most likely result of what happened. People just couldn't figure it out. I know when I don't hear .com after something, I just, it just sends me in a tailspin. <laughs> I agree. And don't forget to add www. To, to that email address. I always forget to say that. Is that? Actually, don't do that. I wonder if that would work. I don't think so. I don't know. If you send it to ask at www.legallysoundsmartbusiness.com. I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> we won't be able to know if it worked, but. This is what people want to listen to on a Monday morning. Yeah. Hopefully they're listening to this later in the day. Even though this comes out on Monday morning, I don't think most people are listening to it on Monday morning. Maybe like 10%. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. Probably even lower than that. Yeah, well, if I'm watching it, so I'm at least 10% out of the 10 people that are listening. No, I'm just joking. We never said who we were, so should we just leave it this way? Oh, I don't know. Keep it a mystery. We get introduced during the yeah. song, so I think we're okay. Let's just keep it this way. It's I like it so people don't know who's who. Yeah, I feel like the listeners are went crazy. They're they're not sure who we are, and I don't know. But I guess we should go forward. Okay. But actually, no. I'm my name's Nasser Pasha. I guess I'll I'll also introduce myself as Matt Staub, But cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a pretty cool story to talk about today. I think I'm sure people are familiar with this. This is a Michael Scott special right here. I think this is, he definitely would have been pulled into this at some point. Definitely. We're talking about these company, or this is one company in particular, but I know there's a bunch of different companies out there that have or are still doing this. It's one of those scam companies where basically it cons people into paying money to, I kind of view it as just like a pyramid scheme almost, right? It's, you know, you get people to pay money and then, you know, I guess well, I guess I don't know. I don't know how those people then make money. But anyways, this company cons people into to paying X amount of dollars to get this package to start off their, you know, whatever they're going to end up doing. And then it has all these upsells, blah, blah, blah. But basically, this was <laughs> just a lawsuit that was, or an order that was decided. And this company has to pay $25 million to consumers who made no money through the, whatever this service is. And just to get to the specifics, I guess they had about 110,000 people who signed up for this. Wow. More than 99.8% of them didn't make a single penny. So not good numbers overall. I was trying to figure out actually how they ended up making money. So they get people to pay to get the startup package, the quick sell program. And then there's all these upsells on how to, you know, if you want to really make money, we're going to sell you this $2,300 extra add-on and blah. But I, I don't even know how they... So, I mean, some people obviously made money off of this. I don't know what the software actually did. <laughs> it seems this quick sell program. However, here's the funny thing about all this, right? Is that as we're talking about it, it seems obvious, okay, this is a scam. But there are quote unquote legitimate <laughs> business structures that are very similar and where you recruit salespeople or other individuals that require some kind of buy-in in order to participate. And without naming anything specifically, but 
Some multi-level marketing structures are like this. Some are not. You know, it just kind of depends upon that. But a lot of times, if you're selling a product, you actually have to purchase the product, and there's some kind of guarantee with that, and what have you. So, just to speak from the legalities of it, there are some legitimate structures like that. But if you are going to be presenting these business opportunities,、uh, as the FTC calls it. There's all these different types of disclosures that are now required, just as a response to these make money from home quick, quick.、Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> get rich quick. Get、scene. rich quick schemes.、Yeah. <laughs> so the disclosures are everything from you know if you make an earnings claim, what kind of disclosures are associated with that, and truth and advertising principles, of course, apply as well. So. They regulated a little bit, so I think we've seen less of those signs or billboards that say "Make money from home." Every once in a while, you see on those intersections, pretty much across the country. Yeah, and just to follow up with what I was saying before, this is what the people, ultimate people, are going to do: help consumers find businesses with excess inventory to sell, and they would find a buyer for the inventory and pay consumers half the sales price. That's the actual description.、Hmm. But basically, what this company was doing was not. Like you said, you have to provide specific information to help consumers evaluate a business opportunity, and they just weren't doing that. Even more so, this was a summary judgment motion that was granted, so、oh, okay. this got knocked out very quick into the legal process. I mean, I get that the disclosures weren't there. I kind of have a probably an unpopular opinion on this. I almost side with the <laughs> with the company. I understand you have to provide. Consumers certain disclosures, certain information, but I, I almost side of the the company itself for you know the people that signed up for this. Why would you do it? It's, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of common sense at some point, right? I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, it might be an unpopular take, but yeah, basically you're saying like you know this judgment's basically awarding stupidity, even though probably the consumers、yeah. aren't being. May not be refunded everything. It's a twenty-five million dollar judgment, but who knows if that actually is equal to what the consumers actually paid? But what's interesting is we're calling them consumers, and I think that's the right name for them. But they're not business owners. They're not individuals that are trying to run their own business. They're consumers in the sense they basically just bought a software for sometimes thousands of dollars and pretty much got screwed on that end. So I see what you're saying, but I don't think the people that are actually Purchasing this are necessarily in the best position to not be taken advantage of. I agree completely, and that's why I didn't go fully in. I guess they also falsely claimed consumers would earn at least four thousand dollars or more in the first thirty days. So that's an issue, obviously. If on average, yeah, yeah, which is of <laughs> course, and four thousand two hundred eighty per deal. I think you're just kind of on the side of the business because you've done this to many other people in your past. And you feel justified about it? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, actually, I actually have a couple of these companies myself, and I'm worried that the FTC is going to come after me. I already made one Michael Scott reference, but I also this reminds me of when Ryan had Wolf dot com. Yeah, <laughs> was it Wolf dot com? Well, he did have Wolf dot com. Well, it was a couple. I don't know if it was the same thing, but he, when Pam and Jim were getting married, you know, he came in. He's like getting him a gift. He's like, "Would you rather have fifty dollars today or five hundred dollars in like six months?" Yeah, and Pam ends up saying like the five hundred dollars. He's like, "All right, well, all I need is fifty dollars from you now." <laughs> so he ends,、yeah. it's like a reverse gift, the backwards gift, and she ends up giving him money. And there was also another episode where Michael actually literally pitches 
a pyramid scheme to (laughs) to the entire staff that was funny and he draws it on the whiteboard and jim says it's a pyramid scheme and he says it's not jim (laughs) goes up and draws a pyramid over the diagram that michael's drawn (laughs) yeah I actually did watch The Office last night for the first time in a few weeks, so maybe it's fresh on my mind. Yeah, no, good reference for sure. Well, if anyone's listening that has one of these companies, or I guess it's been scammed by one of these, then this is good information to know. Yeah, and let us know too. If, you know, we'd like to know some inside information in that aspect. So now we're into the question of the day. And here we are, Santa Clara, California. We sent some of our employees to a conference and one of them lost their laptop. Are we responsible for buying them a new one? This kind of reminds me of the last issue, right? I mean, you have to kind of take responsibility of your own stupidity, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, this might not be stupidity. You could definitely have a laptop, let's say lost or stolen. It said lost. lost. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, I feel like... Everyone loses stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's I've true. I've never lost a laptop, I guess. Yeah, I've never <laughs> lost a laptop. But yeah, if you leave it in a conference room for even like 10 minutes and it could disappear, I don't know what kind of conference that is. Can't trust those people, I suppose. But the general rule is that employers have to pay for all the expenses that are incurred in the scope of their employment. So, But now the question is, is this a personal laptop or a company laptop? And if it's a company laptop, can you force your employee to reimburse because they lost it. And then there's another issue. If it's a personal laptop, does the company have any responsibility to reimburse the employee? So I see those two issues there. I don't know if it says whose laptop it is. Also, I ask you, how do you want to answer it? Oh, I don't want to answer either of them. <laughs> this is the analysis you would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since we're on the show, I guess we should. Of course, if there's some responsibility for the laptop and the procedures have Anytime the employee checks out a laptop or has their own laptop, there should be a separate agreement that is associated with that. Because especially if you want to end up withholding any wage because they lost the laptop and it's their fault for some reason, then you would want to have that in writing. And almost every state requires that before you can do that. Question is, if it's not their fault, I don't know. I don't think it's a very good idea to withhold any money or ask for a refund from your employee because that's just the course of doing business. It's the same thing if someone stole something from your store. You can't charge your employee because it's somehow, you know, they should have paid attention more or something to that effect. But if there was some negligence involved, that's a different issue. I think it'd have to be like gross negligence. But if it's issued by the employer, if it's the employer's laptop that the employee loses, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to take that out of the person's paycheck the next pay period. I mean, it's just like you said, it's kind of the cost of doing business. If it's the employee's personal laptop, but the employer was requiring them to use it, I mean, I guess that, that's a much tougher issue. It is a tougher issue because this is in California. So California has kind of expanded the scope of what is reimbursable for the employee. And so now this is a personal laptop that's being used for business and it's being required. So, okay, so they may get a portion of reimbursement for the use of that, but if they lose the entire thing, does does that mean that they get reimbursed for that? Most likely not. But at the same time, I can see a court kind of changing its opinion on that. But right now, there's not any clear indication that that is the case. So the most conservative approach would be to just reimburse versus not. And 
again, I, I hate to say this, but it's something that you may need to get a specific opinion on depending upon that circumstance. Yeah. We have a lot of different options here. <laughs> Don't take our legal advice. Well, I think we answered it. So I guess we answered the question. We sent some of our employees to the car with one of them, lost a laptop. Are we responsible for buying them a new one? Oh, I think this question implies that it's their laptop, right? Yeah. Buying them a new one. Well, I don't know. I guess it could go either way. So if it's a personal laptop, I think you're more inclined that you don't have to. I think most attorneys will say that you don't have to, but I'm sure you can find another opinion that would say otherwise. The circumstance, I think, is going to have to look into a little bit more of a case law. So that's why I don't think I'm comfortable saying either one. But I think the conservative opinion is just to buy them a new one. But then if it's the company's laptop, then like Matt said, unless it's gross negligent, then you're going to have to foot the bill. And that's just kind of the cost of doing business. Or just get an insurance policy to cover it, if it'll cover it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Always an option. All right. So that's it. All right. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.